Welcome to the Soak Read Podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, Ikwa Ibium. And today, I wanted to talk a little bit about my background, personally. Um, you may be wondering, I've, I've never heard of anybody named Ikwa Ibium before. Where does that come from? What is that? So, for those of you with that question on the brain, I thought I'd take the time to, to answer to that. So, both of my parents are Nigerian, uh, both my mother and father. Uh, come from um, a small town in eastern Nigeria and they uh, moved to England uh, before I was born and then moved to the United States and uh, and then had me right around the time they finished uh, school so um, that's where my name comes from I was named after my grandfather whose name was Ikwa so um, that's where my name comes from uh, so um the uh my dad I remember one of my one of the earliest memories I I have of my dad is he would come in uh to the room with my my younger brother uh and me and he would tell us this traditional uh Nigerian story of three friends that had unique physical characteristics uh one of them had a really big head Another one had a really big stomach, and then another one had really, really skinny legs. And he tells a story of how they were really hungry one day, and they saw a coconut. And they looked up in the tree, and they, they wanted to figure out how to get that coconut down. So they told the first friend to, that he had to go up into the tree and get the coconut. Now, this was the friend with the really big head. And so he started climbing up the tree climbing this long tall palm tree to go and get the coconut and as he got started to get to the top he, he lost sight of where it was at so he tilted his head over to see where the coconut was and his head was so big that he lost his balance and he fell out of the tree so at that point the the person with obviously that's that's really funny right S somebody's climbing the tree their head was so big that that made them lose balance and they fell out of the tree. And so my dad would get all into this story and he would be very expressive and he would he would do the hand motions. And this was my favorite story that my dad told me when I was younger. So then he said the next person that uh, was the next, the, the, the second of the three friends that had the really big stomach, he was laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing to see the friend fall out of the tree. And he was laughing so hard and his belly was jiggling as he was laughing. He laughed so hard that his belly fell down and exploded. And uh and and it seems it's 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 more it seems really graphic, but if you think about it in terms of a kind of a cartoon or make believe it's it's not so graphic, but but we we just thought that was funny too. We just thought somebody whose stomach was so big they they couldn't stop laughing. Um, and so so what happened was that the guy that fell out of the tree died. The person who had the stomach so big that it fell down and bust, he died. And so the final friend uh, with the skinny legs got so scared at what happened to his two friends that he started running, and he was running as fast as his skinny legs could carry him. And he was running and running and running. And then all of a sudden, an ant reached out and grabbed his legs. And he fell down and died. 
And so the idea that an ant could grab somebody's legs and trip them was hilarious to us as kids. And so we would we would just die laughing at that story. And that was really my one of my first experiences of of uh, storytelling, really oral storytelling, as the tradition had been handed down in in my father's family. I'm sure that's a story that his father Equa told him, and that maybe my my grandfather's father told him. And so these are uh, it's a unique opportunity to connect. Uh, for those of us that have children, um, I do have children, and I will admit that I have not uh, always uh, read to them uh, consistently uh, in the evenings before they go to bed, but it's definitely a goal that I have and something that I'm, I'm becoming much more consistent doing. And uh, and I would say that um, most of the time I, I, I read to them. I, I don't tell them stories that I may make up. But that's that's absolutely just fine uh, to do that. I think it's very creative, and I, I usually tell them stories that I make up on long road trips, or at least I used to. That's not something that we do very often anymore. But um, but telling stories uh, at night uh, before before the kids go to bed definitely, or reading to reading to the kids before they go to bed it allows them to. Um, all kinds of studies have been done showing that it's beneficial. It helps them with the language. It helps them. Uh, develop an, an early love for for reading and for the written word um, another concept I thought of in, in terms of and I've, I've talked about this before in a previous podcast the idea of social reading uh, as I was the first person in our family to to jump on board the uh, the smartphone bandwagon now this was a number of years ago and uh, my wife didn't didn't have a smartphone for a long long time and then she finally got one and uh, and and so, and now it's to the point where I would say that I'm, I'm not as, um, I'm not as bound to my phone as I used to be when I, when I very first started using a smartphone. Um, but, but what will, what will tend to happen, especially before we go to bed is we may both be on our phones and we, we may be responding to emails. We may be, um, uh, on Instagram or we may be doing something else, um, but we'll do that, and then we'll usually we'll usually fall asleep afterward. And I thought, well, what if? And 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 I've talked with other couples that that mentioned that they do this. But what if instead we took that time, or took at least maybe ten minutes? I'm not saying that we have to completely give up our phones uh, altogether, but what if we took ten minutes to read something together? And uh, in terms of social reading, a lot of I'm sure a lot of couples like to read their own thing and, and they don't really share and that's fine. Um, but for those of us that, um, uh, you know, that, that could read something to our spouse, um, what would that, what would that look like? Is that a, is that a, a good goal, a decent goal to have? It's something that I've talked about with my wife, but we haven't really set a goal to do it. I'd like to, I'd like to try it for a week and just see how it goes. Um, obviously, you'd have to select a book that both of you can agree on, or both of you uh, are remotely interested in, and uh, and and obviously that'll make the the uh, the task a little bit easier or more palatable. But I think it's a a decent goal to have um, uh, to to read to your significant other and have them read to you, and uh, and make that a a nightly ritual. So 
let's let's set that for the goal uh, for this week uh, and and let me know how it goes I'd love to get an email or you can email me at uh, ikwo ibiam at gmail.com and uh, I would love to to take your uh, I would love to get a sense for what you think and uh, uh, I hope it goes well I think it will go well and I think it'll give give you an opportunity to connect on a personal level and to to grow uh, to grow together uh, through that in a way that social media just just doesn't really allow you to do so um, happy reading this week uh, thank you for listening as always and uh, I look forward to talking to you next time